Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Serial Killers Cafe. I'm your host Stephanie here with my co-host Ariel. Hi guys. And happy 3rd of July. I know it's not the same this year, but... I don't care. This is my favorite day of the year. I literally wait all year for this day, okay? It's like huge in my neighborhood. We also live in a town that has the longest running 4th of July parade in the history of the United States, obviously. Um, Obviously, things are a little different this year. We can't go to the parade and all that good stuff. Well, the parade's not happening. Sorry, we're not avoiding it. No, that's not true. They're doing a very small one because if not, then yes, they are. No, no, I believe you. I'm just saying... Are they're doing? Are they televising it? I've never read about it. Yeah. So here's the issue: if they don't do one, then they lose their like I don't know 170. I forgot how long it is, but it's like super long. Yeah. Um. So they lose that like credential, for lack of a better word. So I don't know exactly what they're doing, but something is happening. If you're in the United States, you have probably heard of the Bristol Fourth of July parade because it is the longest running Fourth of July parade. It's not like. Like, yes, it is obviously a Rhode Island thing, but other states definitely know about it. So, and if oh, you yeah, don't, you travel from all over the country. Yeah, you could easily history. Google it and be like, Bristol 4th of July parade, and you'd instantly get a ton, ton of information. I do not live yeah. where Ariel lives. Obviously, we live in the same state, and we live in the smallest state, so it's not like it's far for us to get to each other. But I do not live anywhere near. <laughs> I live, like, on the other side of the state, pretty much. Yeah, she misses out on all the good stuff. Um, but so, I mean... This is normally like a month long affair. We have a carnival, we have concerts. Unfortunately, thanks COVID 19, all those things are canceled. However, here in the neighborhood that I live in, uh, we are not letting the 3rd of July go unnoticed. It's a little bit smaller, but we're still doing things because that's just how you do things. The 3rd of July, like I said, my favorite day of the year. Um, so this year, I, as we all know, I'm knocked up, so I cannot have my regular mojito that I would have, or 10. Um, so I made, like, a virgin mojito. That's it's not really plan. the same, but I'm drinking it out of, like, a fancy glass, so I don't know, it's making me feel a little better. But, yeah, I'm, like, super pregnant, and... Hey, hot and drinking in, a virgin mojito in under in like a month you're gonna have this adorable little baby though so literally a month yeah getting out almost exactly one month you'll never have privacy again you probably won't sleep but it's like the best journey of your whole life so everyone keeps saying that so fingers crossed i've done it three times so clearly there's some sort of truth to it yeah i will not be doing this more than <laughs> once but sure um anyway thanks for our tangent guys happy third of july um if you are not well oh, if you are not from the state of Rhode Island, which I don't think most of you are based on our listening um, statistics that we've checked out, please let us know how you celebrate the 3rd or 4th of July, um, whether you are in this country or another country or in just another state and you do something. Um, obviously, we're, everyone's still being very safe. I know a lot of restrictions have been released uh restrictions have been lifted in a lot of places for certain things but obviously we're still all being as cautious as possible um so would love to hear though what you know your states and countries are planning on doing or where you are i mean probably not countries because it's only the united states that celebrates this holiday oh yeah 
Yeah, but that doesn't mean they don't, that doesn't mean they, like, think about it this way. That doesn't mean that they don't celebrate something. Maybe they're not celebrating our independence, but, like, maybe they're using it. Like, I'm not Irish and I I celebrate St. Patrick's Day. any other Friday to them. But please tell us what you're doing anyways, because we love to hear from you guys. And please, sorry, I apparently, we have to stop recording on Fridays. My brain does not work by the time Friday comes, apparently. By the end of the week, yeah. I'm, like, straight up just lost. My brain has completely stopped working 100%. So... Anyway, um, yeah, let us know what you're doing. I'm All I'm saying is, though, I'm sure there's a lot of things that people just are like, oh, let's celebrate because it's a reason to have a good drink. Uh, I today am drinking. Drink, I'm just drinking a beer. Um, usually uh, I go Fourth uh, of July. I usually do like very patriotic looking drinks. Uh, my cousin and I are always those people that are like, let's spend eighty dollars to make this one drink that looks red, white, and blue separately. And we always do. It's absolutely delicious. It takes so much time. We'll never do it for another year, but it's worth it. We <laughs> give it a shot. Uh, but right now I'm just drinking a Michelob Ultra because I'm a classy broad. So. <laughs> Anyway, to the real reason why you're here, folks. Um, This week we are on episode 32. Happy Friday. Happy episode 32. And we are covering Paul John Knowles, who is also known as the Casanova Killer. So I'm going to have Ariel dive into his early life. All right. So Paul John Knowles was born in Orlando, Florida. Uh, It doesn't say much about his mother. However, his father ended up um, putting him in foster care after his father was convicted of a petty crime. Uh, So he kind of just bounced around um, from foster care to boys' homes, uh, didn't really have the best uh, childhood. He actually ends up getting arrested for the first time when he's only 19 years old. Um, And then basically is in and out of prison for a good portion of his life. Um, so if we got to 1974, he's currently, he was serving time, um, at Florida state prison and he begins to have a little pen pal relationship with a divorcee from San Francisco named Angela Kovic. And, um, Kovic actually makes the trip to visit Knowles in prison. So they're like, going back and forth with letters she comes to visit him and naturally he proposes and even more naturally i was like it's like and also naturally (laughs) she's like i can't wait to marry you this is just so bizarre i'm like i'm sure most people have seen that prison wives show it i watch it to make myself feel better about every aspect of my life um so i mean she accepts his proposal and then makes it her job to get him released from prison she pays for his lawyer Uh, i mean so she's just spending all kinds of money but she did something right because it works yeah Uh, so he he gets released and he goes directly to california to be with his fiance it's so strange um so she is warned though um so i guess he had i mean she had um like a a psychic reading kind of thing and even the psychic was like hey just so you know there's a new man in your life who's super dangerous apparently she didn't think it was the convict that uh she decided to be married to (laughs) well and i don't he hadn't started murdering people yet he was still just in jail for a lot of petty crimes so um i mean i'm sure at that point she assumed he was just like a decent guy who like got screwed 
by getting arrested for doing dumb sure. stuff, which is very common. We've seen that a million times. Like we've known right. people. I know someone who literally got arrested for like the dumbest thing, but they'll be in jail forever because, you know, the, but the person who yeah. almost murdered someone in our last episode got out in two years. So, right. No biggie. It's really uh, just like, I feel like it's like a game of luck in certain situations so like he is not a murderer yet but clearly the psychic is like dude i'm gonna need you to realize that he is actually super scary and dangerous please and so here's the fun part is and i'm sorry guys they weren't married they were just engaged um after her reading she ends the relationship and calls off the wedding yeah so i mean I, obviously she really believed I mean it's a good thing because you know she probably would have ended up being murdered yeah and so, yeah crazy alright so at this point we're still in California um it hasn't been proven but Knowles claims that he did murder three people um in San Francisco the night that Kovic his ex-fiance broke off their relationship uh, he was just totally devastated, and he ends up returning to Florida, which, I mean, he's there for, like, no time, and he is arrested for stabbing a bartender. Yeah, during a so, fight. All right, so he gets arrested, right, for stabbing this bartender, and he's just, like, at in, like, the cell at the police station, um, not, like, in a prison prison, but he ends up picking the lock and escapes. And this is in July of 74. Yeah. So he's like, um, you guys are terrible, your security. It's been real. Goodbye. So at this point, this is just when all of, he's like, fuck you guys. Fuck my ex-fiance. I hate you all. I'm just going to go on a cross-country murder spree. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to go through it, and it, it wasn't very long, so I'm going to go by month um, and go through it because it is just the craziest thing. So his murder spree begins in Jacksonville, Florida, as we said, on the night of his picklocking at the local county jail. He breaks into the home of 65-year-old Alice Curtis, bounds and gags her, ransacks her home for money and valuables, and steals her car. So Curtis actually chokes to death on her gag. So he didn't even kill her. He left her to die and then she choked on her gagging there awful on the street where he intended to abandon the car he recognizes family acquaintances lillian and myla anderson lillian was 11 years old and her sister myla was seven in fear that they would identify him he kidnapped them both strangled them and buried their bodies in a nearby swamp Jeez. so mind you this is like in the same day pretty much like he like right. goes he goes to abandon the car at most within a few days later and kills these two little girls so that was right there we're in august right now um so like i said this is this whole thing just becomes insane because all right he claims that soon after this he murders a teenage girl who's walking home from they don't say where but at the time of his confession he did not identify her to the police so on december of 2011 guys the Georgia Bureau of Investigation identifies her as 13-year-old Imogene Saunders, who had ran away from Beaumont, Texas, to be with her mother in Georgia, and then disappeared on August 1st of 1974. On August 2nd, the day after the Anderson disappears, Anderson's sisters disappeared, okay, he meets M Marjorie Howie, who's 49 in Atlantic Beach, Florida. 
she she either invited him or was forced by him to go into her apartment. They're not 100% sure on the logistics of that. Where he strangled her with a nylon stocking and stole her TV set. On August 23rd, so like we said, I mean, this is all in the same month. So he is, he literally, we're at four, we're at one, two, three already. Um, he shows up in Masella, Georgia and forces his way into the home of Kathy Sue Pierce, who is there with her three-year-old son. Strangles Pierce, but leaves her child physically unharmed. September 3rd of 1974, he enters Scott's Inn, which is a roadside pub near Lima, Ohio, and meets William Bates, a 32-year-old accountant executive from an Ohio power company. The bartender, who knew Bates, recalled that Bates and a redheaded or a young redheaded man had several drinks that evening and left together. So Bates' wife then reports this guy missing. He's like, she's like, okay, well, he was at the bar. Now he's not coming home. So near the bar, police find an abandoned car that was traced back to Alice Curtis. So the original abandoned car. Bates, in October, so a month later, Bates' nude body was found. He'd been strangled and dumped in the woods. So again, there's no preference here on gender at all. Um, really? He just doesn't care. So now he's driving Bates' car. So he moves on to a campground in Ely, Nevada, where on September 18th, he bounds and shoots two elderly campers, Emmett and Lois Johnson. Because it was such a random mur murder, there were no leads until Knowles later confessed to the crime, although he did actually use their credit cards to pay his expenses for a short period of time. Hmm. So on September 24th of, uh, 21st of 1974, his killing spree continues in Texas. So he is like, flying around the place like he is he really is. no time he came upon a stranded motorcyclist charlene hicks whom he abducted and raped before strangling her with her own pantyhose and dragging her body through a barbed wire fence Ugh. her body was found four days later next he's in alabama and mind you guys we're still in september so this is now two days later in september 23rd he meets beautician ann dawson it's unclear as to whether he abducted her or if she traveled with him willingly, but she paid the bills while they traveled together until he killed her six days later on September 29th. He claims to have dumped her body in the Mississippi River, but it was never recovered. We're now in October. He arrives in Connecticut in the middle of October of 1974, where he continued his vicious killing spree. He entered the home of Karen Wine and her 16-year-old daughter Dawn on October 16th, where he bound and raped them before killing them with a nylon stocking. The only thing found missing from their home was a tape recorder. So on the 18th, two days later, he is now in Woodford, Virginia. He breaks into he the home. He makes like some good time. <laughs> Yo, right? And no one's pulling him over. There's got to be some speeding Nothing. going on in this situation. He's all over the place in a stolen car. <laughs> Oh, my God. So he breaks into the home of 53-year-old Doris Hosey and shoots her to death with her husband's rifle, then wiped his prints from the gun and placed it beside her body. Afterwards, police would find no signs of robbery to offer them a motive in the case. Still so driving. Also, I would like to point out that not only does he not have a preference um, for man, woman, old, young, white, black, and nothing, uh, he also just uses whatever... I guess, quote, weapon he can find. Weapon of opportunity, they call that. Oh, okay. That's good. Weapon of opportunity. Like, he just goes into their house, and he's like, oh, sweet, you're wearing nylons? I can strangle you. Oh, look, you have a gun? Perfect. I'm going to shoot you. Like, that's, to me, that's that says that he's very cocky. Oh, yeah. So. He goes into these houses, just like, think, all right, well, I can definitely overpower who's ever in here. 
and they'll have something for me to use to kill them. Man, he makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. So, again, as Ariel said, still driving, Bates' stolen car, okay? He picks up two hitchhikers in Key West, Florida, with the intention of killing them both, but his plans go to shit when a policeman stops him for traffic violation. However, the policeman did not know who he was dealing with and let him go with a warning. So, shaken by the experience of the cop stopping him, he was like, oh my gosh, I guess I should have some mercy on these guys. And literally drops them off in Miami, Florida, unharmed, and then contacts his lawyer shortly thereafter. He rejected his lawyer's suggestion of surrendering, but arranged a meeting with him that lasted only long enough to hand over a taped confession, then slips out of town before police were informed of his presence. So he calls his lawyer and he's like, hey, listen, here's the deal. Yeah. I may or may not be a serial killer. No, he's like, I'm a murderer. Would you like my confession? Cool. The only thing I'll do is meet you here. I'm not going to jail, though, so I'll give you my confession and we'll go. Or and I'll go. So he sneaks yeah. out. So now we're, this is all in October, guys. We have just hit November. So November 6th in Georgia, he befriends Carswell Carr and was invited back to Carr's house to spend the night. Also, what a name, Carswell Carr. Over drinks, he stabs <laughs> Carr to death and then strangles Carr's 15-year-old daughter. After oh. murdering the girl, he attempts to engage in necrophilia with her corpse. In the wake of his flight... Wow, what a weird way to word that. <laughs> he suspected in the November 2nd murder of hitchhiker Edward Hillard found in some nearby woods and his companion, Debbie Griffin, whose body's never been recovered. So just in the month of November, that's four murders he is now responsible for. On November 8th, he's bar hopping in Atlanta and he meets a British journalist, Sandy Fox, imp- impressing her with his looks, which were a cross between Robert Redford and Ryan O'Neill. They spent the night together, but he was repeatedly unable to perform when they attempted to have sex over the next few days, suggesting impotence for him. They parted ways on November 10th, but the next day, Knowles picked up an acquaintance of Fox, Susan McKenzie, and demanded sex from her at gunpoint. She escaped and notified police, but when police tried to stop him, he had like a sawed-off shotgun and made his escape. Days later, he's now in West Palm Beach, Florida. He invades the home of invalid Beverly Mabee, where he abducted her sister and stole their car. From there, he traveled to a different part of Florida, arriving the following night. He dropped off his hostage without harm or any incident. So weird. It's so weird that he just, like, picks and chooses. Who's he gonna... Yeah. Again, which also makes him way scarier, because he has so much willpower to not kill certain people. Right. Um, so we can go, I can go over their victims like one more time, just so you guys like much easier than me doing it. So we have Alice Curtis, who's 65 year old resident in Florida, gagged her on July 26th of 1974, stole her belongings, stole her car, choked her to, she choked to death on a gag. Yeah, then there's Lillian Annette and my Lillian and Milet Anderson, the seven and 11 year old girls who he thought would recognize them, strangled them in early August of 1974. Their bodies have still not been found. Like, where is he putting these people that so many of them, their bodies have never been found? I know. Then we have Marjorie, um, who lived in Atlantic Beach, Florida, strangled with a nylon stocking. Uh, Parent motive was that he wanted to steal her television. Imogene Sanders, 13 year old runaway, raped and strangled in Georgia. Kathy Sue Pierce strangled with the cord of her telephone in August of 1974 in Georgia. Her three-year-old son was the one he left unharmed. 
William Bates murdered on September 3rd after sharing drinks with him in Ohio. Body was not discovered until October. His car money and credit cards were all taken by Paul John Knowles. Emma Alexander and Louise Mildred Johnson were the ones that were camping and were murdered in September. Charlene Hicks was also killed in September after her motorcycle broke down. Ann Dawson in Alabama also killed in September. Um, like we said, they did travel for six days, which is, seems to be the longest he's kept anyone alive. But then he did kill her. Her body has still also not been found. Karen Marie Wine and her 16-year-old daughter killed in October in Connecticut. Um, they were discovered by the older daughter. That's terrible. Yeah. Doris Hosey shot to death in Virginia in October. Edward Hillard and Debbie Griffin were hitchhiking on November 2nd. He's, those are the ones he let go after he got pulled over. Um, except, oh no, sorry, wrong people. Um, Edward Hillard and Debbie Griffin were hitchhiking. Um, Hillard's body was found near the woods. Griffin's body was never found. Um, there's no proof that he murdered them, but very strong suspicion. Um, Carr and his daughter were killed in November. Uh, Florida Highway Patrol trooper Charles Eugene Campbell was abducted while on patrol and shot by him in Georgia. That's crazy. Um, He's and like hockey mofo. And then James Meyer was a businessman who Knowles took hostage along with Campbell, the Florida Highway Patrol trooper. He handcuffed them to a tree and shot them with a trooper's gun. That's lovely. Yeah. So... Now we're at his caption rest. On the morning of November 16th, Florida Highway Patrol, like I said, Charles Eugene Campbell recognizes the stolen car near Perry, Florida and attempted to make an arrest. But after he was pulled over, Knowles was able to wrestle the, his pistol away from him. Taking Campbell hostage, he drove away in his patrol car, later using its sirens to stop another motorist, James Meyer, in order to ditch the highway patrol vehicle and continue in the less conspicuous vehicle. Now burdened, he's burdened, okay, with two prisoners, he took the two men into a remote wooded area in Georgia. So mind you, they were in Florida, now they're in Georgia, and handcuffed them to a tree before shooting each of them in the head at close range. Shortly thereafter, he attempted to crash through a police roadblock in Georgia, but he lost control of the vehicle and hit a tree. He escaped the vehicle on foot and fired shots at the pursuing officers. He was shot in the foot during his escape. A chaotic foot trace ensued. He was pursued by dogs, law law enforcement officers from several agencies and helicopters. Basically, we're obviously like, we have got to get this guy. He is killing everyone we know. Finally, he cornered him on November 17th um, by 27-year-old former Vietnam War vet and hospital maintenance worker David Clark, an armed civilian with a shotgun several miles from like a focus area of the search, scorted Knowles to Joe and Becky I can, Stone Cipher's nearby house, and then Becky made a phone call to the police. So he literally like lured this guy in with like I don't know. He's like, my shotgun's cool. Come hang out. Uh, he was can you outside. Imagine being Joe and Becky though. Like someone knocks on door, like, "Hey, yo, I have no chill. I would not be good at this at all. No, no. like, the, I got this serial killer here. I'm just wondering if you can call the cops." Yeah. So he was outside of the perimeter established for the manhunt and would have escaped had they not called the police on him. Once in custody, he claimed to be responsible for 35 murders, but only 20 have ever been confirmed as valid. Only, only 20. So on December 18th of 1974, Sheriff Early and Agent Ronnie Angel from the Georgia Bureau of Investigation were traveling down Interstate 20 with Knowles, who was handcuffed in the backseat. 
Um, he so the destination was Henry County, Georgia, where Knowles had, per like a Georgia FBI press release, admitted to dumping a handgun he had taken from the state trooper that he had killed. So they were heading down to get the handgun, and um, they said Knowles grabbed Lee's handgun. So mind you, Lee is the sheriff that he's currently with, discharging it through the holster in the process. And while Lee was struggling with Knowles and attempted to keep control of the vehicle, Angel fired three shots into his chest. So the agent literally killed him while they were driving because he tried to steal the sheriff's gun while he was driving to go get this other gun from the state trooper. Jeez. Killed him instantly. Good. Insane fun facts. Number one, he was only 28 when he died. So he did all of this before the age of 30, which is insane to me. Wow. Yeah. He was named the Casanova Killer because of his good looks and charming demeanor. Ah, naturally. He is featured in season one, episode 10 of a show called It Takes a Killer, which I believe is on Amazon UK because I could not find it anywhere, but it sounds like a great show. I was just going to say, uh, I have not heard of this show and I know all the killer shows. Yeah, it sounds really good, but I couldn't find it anywhere. I believe there's also a bunch of documentaries and such on his, like on YouTube. You can look at like 45 minute oh, clips yeah. of different things. And then I just want to go back real quick because Sandy Fox, we had talked about, right? Um, that he had picked up and like tried to have sex oh, with. Oh, the British um, reporter. Yes. Um, she wrote a book about him called Killing Time. Nice. So after she made it out, thank God. So, yes, that oh, is, that that's Paul John Knowles in a nutshell, which is pretty, it's crazy because you have to wonder if the fiance never broke up with him, would he have become a crazy murderer? <laughs> Right, I was just because he that. literally was happy and fine and hadn't murdered or killed anyone until she broke it off, and then he was like, "Well, now I'm pissed because I thought you loved me. Okay. I'm gonna go kill everyone." And again, how? Okay, remember how we used to talk in our beginning episodes about gas money? Yo, how much gas money does this guy have? Because he's literally driving all over the country. Also, I'm just gonna say it. I don't think he's good looking. Yeah, I didn't find him to be a real a real fancy charmer myself, but... Like, I mean, I guess he kind of has nice hair? I don't know, like... I think that it also was, like, his outfit, and probably he was, like, very charismatic. So I think that he was probably, like, a good sweet talker. Oh, no, he's got that, like, locks of hair that people really like and stuff. Right. I mean, if I was Robert Redford, I would be offended that they were comparing him to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can, I can see what they're saying. I personally don't see it, but, like, I could see why he'd be considered, like, a charmer, as they say. Sure. Also, yeah. like, I definitely understand why he was, like, he was around and killing in such a short amount of time, but they didn't catch him because he literally was, like, flying through different states. Like, there, he could not have been driving any faster. I can't even imagine. We drive overnight to Virginia, and it takes us, like, eight to ten hours. And that's overnight right. when there's, like, no traffic. And, like, clearly, he was on a mission. Yeah, like, his whole life was just, he was just so pissed. So he was like, okay, well, I'm pissed. So, like, everyone's going to pay the price for me being pissed. Right. Like, and he just killed so many people. I'm also intrigued about these family acquaintances. Like, did he know them? Like, how does this 7 and 11-year-old know you? Like, to the point where, like, because that's a young age. So, like, if he had already really? been in jail and stuff, like, when did they know you from that you thought they'd remember you? I wish they'd given more information on that because it was... Yeah. I was really intrigued by that one. But pretty heartbreaking because he just constantly goes around killing people. And like I said, I mean, who knows where he would have been had he not broken up with his fiance? Because like I said, he was only 28 when he got killed. 
he was still right. very young. Mm-hmm. So, but that's Paul John Knowles, a.k.a. the Casanova killer. Jeez. I know. Well, everyone, we will let you go. Um, happy Friday. Happy 3rd of July. Happy 4th of July. Um, hopefully everyone is just enjoying, even if you're not celebrating anything, enjoying the nice weekend. Hopefully the weather is finally warm enough all the time for you, wherever you are. Um, I know it's been a very wonky year so far, but I think we're all doing well hanging in there. And uh, as usual, like us, rate us, follow us, questions, comments, concerns, suggestions. Um, and yeah, we are super excited to continue bringing you episodes. So happy Friday. Bye everyone.